Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It's time for Bent News when you need to know. Get Bent. I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus Goldman. Buddy, we lost a pair of rock and roll giants this week. I know. Heartbreaking. Two musicians, two bands that have had an impact on us greatly major players in their own way, in their own eras. Last Saturday, Gary Brooker, the voice of Procol Harum, passed at age 76. And their story, including the story about Whiter Shade of Pale and how they got their name and all that stuff came up in the episode where we were discovering information about Guy Stevens, who was in their circle back in the day. I spoke to Michael Tierson, who was part of WMMR in Philadelphia's effort to break Procol Harum right from the beginning. And he reminded me of the third missing verse in Whiter Shade of Pale, which he was always fond of reciting whenever he played it on his uh, Let's Flashback show. My experience with Procol Harum really didn't begin until I saw The Big Chill. I had heard Whiter Shade of Pale on the radio. I had heard it, but I really got to feel that song watching The Big Chill. And whoever was the music person in charge of putting it in where they did in that movie absolutely nailed it because I still sometimes get goosebumps, especially when watching the movie and that song comes on. I'm going to Kutztown State College in the 70s, and a bunch of buddies say, come on, we're all going over to Lehigh tomorrow. Procol Harum's going to play on the green. That's my main interaction, sitting 20, 30 feet away on the grass, on grass at Lehigh, watching them play Gary Brooker at the piano and leading this band through, through the decades. 76 years old, and that's not really old when you consider Betty White just left us at age 99. It's a big hole in the rock and roll world. Very sad about this one. Well, the next guy that we sadly have to talk about casts a bigger shadow and makes a bigger hole in the world because Mark Lanigan was a tall dude. (laughs) With a beautiful voice that rang deep and 
and hit you to the core. Mark Lanigan from Screaming Trees, and he also was in Queens of the Stone Age for a couple albums. He had been living in Ireland for quite some time. Was he retired? Do you know? No, he wasn't retired. He's been doing some solo work, and I actually had a chance to talk to him in 2012 about his blues funeral record, which we'll put up on our website. He really is a super talented individual. Between the Screaming Trees and Queens of the Stone Age and all of the things that he did, he was an important person who I think should have been bigger than he was. And I don't understand sometimes why the Screaming Trees weren't a little bigger than they were. Some of it is answered in the book, Everybody Loves Our Town. I don't have it on the tip of my tongue or on the front of my brain, but that's where you can find the answers on some of that stuff. Two icons from two different eras of rock and roll gone in the same week, leaving a big hole in rock and roll. Let's get to Bent News. Nancy Wilson's heart to tour. She's declared an anti-free zone, Marcus. What's going on with singing? Well, apparently the rift between Ann and Nancy continues. So Nancy has enlisted Kimberly Nicole a woman who's from Seattle and was a finalist on season eight of The Voice. She's also been on Broadway in the show Rocktopia. What is this rift you speak of? Back in 2016, the man who is now Ann Wilson's husband was then her boyfriend, put his hands on one or both of Nancy Wilson's twin sons in a disciplinary kind of a way. And Nancy objected, obviously, at the time that somebody would put his hands on her son's and being with her guy, took his side, and they later married. And I don't even know how much they talk, but that's what's led to this Nancy Wilson's heart. I forgot about that story. I'm so sad about that. I'd hope for a better outcome, to be honest with you, buddy. Me too. I'd hope that they'd all be able to sit down and uh, at least talk about it. Marcus, one of our favorite curmudgeons, David Crosby, coming out in the news this week saying kids shouldn't consider musician as a job. Why not? And man, that's kind of odd coming from him. He's been in it since the 60s with the birds, through Crosby, Stills, Nash, and all the things he's done after that, back with them, in and out of them. And he said, looking at the way things have gone with digital downloads and the downfall of album sales, you know, he really had a situation he was in before the pandemic where the only thing he could really do to keep it all going was touring. And then during the pandemic, he almost lost his house because he couldn't tour. And his royalties were down and there were no revenues being paid by all those, you know, streaming services. So he decided to sell his publishing 
to a friend, actually. Irving Azoff bought it. So I guess it's good that his songs end up in the hands of a friend. But Crosby basically saying the way it looks to me is you can't go all in like they did when they were kids and so many generations of rock bands have done since the 60s. So do something else and play music for love. And if you get to do it in a bigger scale, I don't know. I, I don't know that that's going to work for most musicians that we know, Marcus. I don't know either, man. A lot of the musicians that we know are lifers, without a doubt, just like Mr. Crosby himself. They just haven't lived that far yet, Cros. And they'll get there. I tell you what, all the stuff uh, that we've been talking about with the uh, passings in recent weeks has led me around to finding this New York Times article, which goes back, by the way, uh, to 2017, before the time period that you and I have discussed on the podcast about all of our rock and roll loss. And even then, they were pointing to the signs of what we were seeing then in smaller amounts. And now, seemingly on a weekly basis. And if you think about it, the further in time we go, the more we're going to see it at an accelerated pace. That's just the reality, sadly. Like Morrison said, man. Five forward to Monday, the re-release of our interview with the man, Johnny Z from Megaforce Records. He passed away a couple weeks ago, and we're just finally getting to the point where we feel like we can re-release one of our best and most fun interviews. Yeah, that interview was a blast. His book is wonderful. You should read the book. And listen to the podcast episode, which will tell you all kinds of stuff that went on in those crazy life and times that John and Marcia Zazul lived together, and it'll be right here on the Imbalance History. That's all for now. I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman. This has been Bent News. When you need to know, get, get bent. bent.